0: here we go welcome back to the show this is the adf underground brought to you by all day football What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chaus, welcoming you back to the show. That's it, man. No more to be seen for the regular season. NFL 100 has been concluded. Super Bowl 54 is in the books. We have ourselves a champion. The Kansas City Chiefs defeat the 49ers to take the fir- their first title in 50 years. Very impressive contest it was. A lot of interesting dynamics went down. Um, We'll definitely break down the entire contest as it was, as we saw it play out. But, you know, like we said before, we're going to start most of these shows now with what's trending in the news. A lot of stuff happened over the past week uh, since we last had our pod. So, I mean, let's jump into that right now. First of all, big news before the Super Bowl, obviously, was the Hall of Fame class of 2020 we had edrin james troy Palamalu, isaac bruce steve hutchinson and steve atwater so i mean you can't be mad at this group i mean all of them were extremely elite in their categories uh and 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 performed admirably to elite levels uh, for a very consistent basis so i mean when we dive right in and we start talking about say edrin james This was a guy that I was on the fence with to uh, get into the Hall of Fame simply because... I didn't know if the entire body of work was enough for me to say Edron James was a Hall of Famer. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of people who agree with me. I mean, the statistics are there. Career rushing attempts over 3,000. His rushing yards were 12,246 and 80 touchdowns. So, I mean, those 80 touchdowns, I think, is where you kind of you lift him into... Um into that level of Hall of Fame category. If he had a hundred, obviously 20 more. That's a that's a big note to hit for for how he was playing in his prime. I mean, he was going over 10 touchdowns. But he would have needed at least three more seasons to catch those 20 to hit the 100. But, I mean, 80 touchdowns is still very solid for a running back. A career average of 4.0. I mean, he was quite stellar in the pass game. This was one of the things about him that I didn't uh, appreciate enough when he was playing. I mean, he played basically his entire career with the Colts. Um, he left in 06 and went to Arizona, had two productive seasons with the Cardinals, and then basically fell off as his 30- 30 and 31-year-old uh, body. Just couldn't keep up anymore. But he is in the hall of fame now i mean his best season on record was the 387 carries for 1700 yards and 13 touchdowns and then he also added those 63 receptions for nearly 600 yards and five touchdowns that season was his explosion he he was an absolute animal his and that was his second year his rookie season was very strong as well so i mean if his career would have continued to prolong that way then yes I would have no argument but there was some stutter steps within his career I mean he did deal with some injuries but he still did put up numbers I mean after his injury season in 2001 he he lost two games in uh, 2002 but then from 2003 all the way to 2007 I mean he didn't miss a beat he was Nearly twelve hundred uh, yards per per season. So, I mean, the argument is there. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I wasn't necessarily one of the first ones to sit here and tell you that I was a huge um, supporter of Edron James being a hall of fame running back but i understand it i don't hate it whatsoever the next guy that i really felt deserved to be here was isaac bruce from the la rams he basically spent his entire 14 years in uh or sorry in st louis um before they moved to la and then he spent his last two years in san francisco uh basically just didn't want to give up on his on his playing career but when you look at his statistics, so his numbers still rival with with some that played in the old school days, like the Tim Brown, the Andre Reed, the last crop uh, of old school receivers who made it into the into the Hall of Fame. Isaac Bruce was—I I, don't—you can't consider him old school. I mean, he started his career back in '94. Maybe you can. Um, I I consider him still somewhat newer simply because of all the traction they received uh, when the Rams were the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk and Company, Tory Holt. I mean those guys they were electric they were dynamic for what that that span of what three to four years. Um, they were just absolutely unstoppable. His numbers are quite impressive. I mean the argument also is made. longevity increases your numbers and such. I get it, but you can 't hate on this man 's numbers. He had a thousand twenty four receptions, fifteen thousand two hundred eight yards, and ninety one touchdowns so You can't hate the body of work whatsoever for Isaac Bruce. He did it consistently for a very long time. Um, He had only the one season over 100 receptions. It was 119 back in 1995. But... Either way, he this 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 team that he played on, he didn't have to be the number one guy week in week out. He had so many support pieces that that it was just more than enough. Um, and I really like that uh, Isaac Bruce is in the the pro or in the Hall of Fame. Excuse me, Steve Atwater, safety for the Denver Broncos. I loved Steve Atwater. If you guys watched any games, Atwater started his career in 1989, concluded in 1999, played 10 years. This guy was an absolute machine on the defensive side. He was the game wrecker. If you tried to run the ball, and if Atwater found you running over the middle, he would have cold-clocked you right into the medical room. That's how hard this man hit. He was an absolute beast i loved watching steve atwater play so when his numbers are said and done i mean he wasn't necessarily your intercepting safety to give you those gaudy numbers what he did extremely well was tackle he finished his career with 1188 tackles that is ridiculous all in itself over a thousand Almost 1,200 tackles in 10 years. That is absolutely ridiculous. He is no question in my mind. He made those Broncos defenses back in the day. I mean, when you see all the great safeties who changed the game. I mean, now we look at like Jamal Adams. We look at now Super Bowl winner Tyron Matthew. You see the difference these guys make on a defense. Playing safety, being the quarterback of the defense Steve Atwater was it. He was the truth. I really enjoyed watching him play. He was he was one of my favorites, even though I wasn't a Broncos fan. But he definitely was up there as one of my favorites to watch back in the back in the early nineties. So another one to come on there. Same position, Troy Polamalu. He played the safety position to a T as well. Was he as as decorated as Steve Atwater was? In the tackling department, no. he uh, Troy Polamalu, he had nearly 800 tackles, which is still a feat in itself. He was there all the time. He added 12 sacks to his resume, 7 fumble recoveries, 14 forced fumbles, and he also picked off the ball 32 times. So that was the impressive aspect of Troy Polamalu. He was... I don't know if I could say he was a true ball hawk, but he was always around that ball. He was always on the line, stuff in the run. He was the difference maker on that Pittsburgh defense, just like I'm talking. Steve Atwater was for the Broncos. Uh, I mean, Troy Polamalu when he was it wasn't in the game um, for the Steelers. You could definitely tell the difference in how they played. It it, it just it was it was mind boggling how well. He made that defense look. Um, he carried the defense on his back number of, a number of times, and he is definitely, without question in my mind, a Hall of Famer. The last one that we have for the players is Steve Hutchinson, offensive guard. He was an interesting pick for me um to say the least i i mean i get it you got to get the big men in the ones that actually change the game um who 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 can anchor an offensive line and make it completely dominate the the defensive front of the opposition steve hutchinson was one of these guys he played for three teams in his career the seattle seahawks minnesota vikings and the tennessee titans to finish it out um in his last season he is a seven-time pro bowler five-time first team all pro so i mean he also was to the nfl's 2000 all decade team so it, it goes he is also decorated um enough to to find his way into the Hall of Fame. Obviously, we don't have the statistics we would for for any offensive or defensive player uh, 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 to to compare to in that sense. But, uh, but he is definitely deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. So that is the players that are going into the Hall of Fame. I don't hate the class whatsoever. I mean, it could be a little light on superstar talent. Uh, like I was saying, Edrin James could be the closest you have. But uh, we could also, like I said, make arguments um, to if he really, truly is Hall of Fame worthy. But nevertheless, congratulations to the class of 2020. You deserved it. You are now, your busts will be in Canton forever. So moving right along, we do have exciting news for the fact that XFL, the XFL, is coming on Saturday. It will kick off its first game of its uh, newly reformed league. I don't know how to think about this. I mean, I see a lot of people on Twitter. They're very excited. You know, obviously, it's more football. That's fantastic. Can't get away from that. My only problem is... Is it going to be just like uh, the Alliance of American Football again? Is it going to be like the Xf- XFL of old? Um, I I truly believe that there is room for a developmental uh, secondary league um, that the NFL could use as a filtration system to develop talent. The difference is here is that most of these leagues will take talent. Or or lessening talent from the NFL rosters who 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 aren't necessarily playing anymore or haven't gotten their shot. Um, uh, and and what are you really going to see from the product? It's not that you're evaluating uh, young rookies that didn't make a roster or second or third year players on the cusp of making an NFL roster. This is. You're, you're seeing veterans uh, who used to be backups on NFL clubs now being starters um, for these XFL teams. Um, so when it comes to what is your expectation of the entertainment value, I mean, it, it'll probably be high simply because this is a WWE Vince McMahon product. He is going to probably, again, pull out all the stops to try to get people engaged um, but I truly, truly wonder after a few weeks of play how engaged the fan bases will be in these cities. Um, I haven't paid a whole heck of a lot of attention um, to the teams as of now. I have looked over the rosters. I mean, like I said, it's littered with with former NFL players. Um, uh, but it will be interesting. I mean, it's football. It's spring football. The one thing I don't like is that you need to... Wait, they should have waited, I think, another week or two before they had the kickoff, simply because you need fans' time to decompress from what just happened in the Super Bowl, what just happened for watching uh, 17 weeks plus the playoffs. Um, uh, at least that's how I feel. I mean, you, you almost saturate the product that you're trying to promote, and I think that's, that's a misstep. I think that's what the Alliance did as well. Um, you need fans to crave the game again, and I think... Uh, It's not that we don't want to see football. I'm diehard into football. But everybody needs time to decompress. I mean, the NFL season is your season. This is what we we invest all our time in um, to evaluate these players and these teams. This is what I do. This is is all I do. Um, I, I evaluate the rosters, the salary caps, the players, the rookies. This is what we do. So when you bring another product in, I'm just at the point right now of recovery. So I I enjoyed the Super Bowl extremely uh, uh, with extreme enthusiasm. It was fantastic. But now I feel I know I need a a week or two to kind of decompress from what had happened to digest everything to actually start reviewing some of the statistics and the players. Um, before I jump back into another league. I think that's my problem. So maybe if it was a two or three week break between the two, I think I would say, yeah, I really, really miss football and it, it would be nice to have uh, uh, something else to watch. But when it comes to the XFL kicking off this weekend, it'll be, I'll be tuning in. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see uh, what it's about. The rule changes, I think, are very interesting to see. Um, the NFL will be watching those close as well, especially with their uh, CBA coming up uh, next year. Um, so so it, it will be interesting I, I can't hate it but i'm i'm very skeptical to see if it's ever if it's gonna uh finish the entire season if it does well then hey you know what I'll, I'll I'll bite my tongue and say let's 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 see what the xfl can do so moving right along we had player news as well um starting off on the note on player news drew Brees. um we discussed this i believe last week as well he is Uh, um, taken some time to consider his NFL future, potential retirement. But the interesting part of what came out this week was the fact that Drew Brees had mentioned he was okay in conceding snaps to Taysom Hill. Um, That is extremely interesting to me, simply because if you are a quarterback of Drew Brees' uh, skill set, statistical achievement, uh, Super Bowl winner, Uh, I get your age, I get your 41 going on 42, you really want to concede snaps, and they said concede heavy snaps, you're talking anywhere from the range of 25 to 30 snaps a game, so let me put that in the mind of uh, of individuals who don't know, so most of the time you have what, between 65 and 80 plays, and that's a fast offense on 80 plays. Uh, 65 to 80 plays a game offensively. So you're basically telling me the New Orleans Saints will go halftime with Drew Brees and halftime with Taysom Hill? What is that offense gonna look like, and how is that even gonna work? Um, I, I see a whole lot of negatives in that if that is the case. If Drew Brees is going to plan to sit on the sidelines for half the game, um, you might as well just retire, in my opinion. Don't go out like that. Uh, you were, are one of the greatest to ever play this game, um, record holder. Uh, why, why devalue your career to that level? I, I, and I mean that in the nicest possible way towards Taysom Hill. Um, uh, but if if but if I'm Drew Brees, I think if that's the case, you hang him up, you say goodbye. It was a great ride, and and see what comes after that. But this this conceding of snaps, um, I really I really question, and I really don't like. I, I'm so used to the New Orleans Saints being a certain way offensively. I'm always open to change, but when you're telling me you have Drew Brees standing on your sideline. Um, I, I don't know how much of that I can buy. It's not like his skill set uh, fell off a cliff this season. He still was extremely productive. So uh, this one this one seems a little bit wonky to me. I think uh, if Breeze comes back, I think he will have uh, first right to refusal to say, I want the playing time over Hill um, for majority. And, and we'll see something similar to what we saw this season. But that's one definitely to watch. Uh, next one we saw was Greg Olson was released by the Carolina Panthers. Um, this was inevitable with his salary cap hit. I believe he was getting paid, uh, or his cap hit this year was around seven point five million. Uh, I'd have to double check, but it's around that that uh, that frame uh, of dollars. So obviously Carolina needs uh, needs to reload on a lot of positions on their roster for depth, obviously. And and who knows what's going to happen with Cam Newton. So, I mean, Greg Olson was a clear, obvious uh, cap casualty in our opinion as well. I wasn't surprised to see this happening. But what I was surprised to see was how much traction he is already receiving on the open market. So, obviously, free agency isn't open until middle of March. I believe it's March 16th with tampering window open on the 14th or the 13th. But um, uh, Greg Olson already has visits. And this is, this is obviously legal because uh, the Carolina Panthers released Olson. So he is already visiting Buffalo, Washington and the Seattle Seahawks um, to see if he can sign a new contract. And, and it's obviously not going to be a, a, a long-term deal. You're going to see a one-year, max two-year deal. I can see it only being a one-year, uh, top-dollar top dollar deal. So whoever is going to pony up the most dough, he's obviously, in my opinion, I think that's where he's going to land. Um, what do we see Olsen getting Uh, can we can we really see him getting that 7 million dollars I mean the Bills have cap space uh, galore I believe they have 81 million dollars to spend but uh, you want to spend it if that's a one year deal you're paying him 7 million I don't hate it Um, Olsen is has ties to Brandon Bean and uh, Coach Sean McDermott he would solidify a position uh, of need I mean Dawson Knox he is an improving player on the Bills um, but Tyler Croft obviously he dealt with a ton of injuries so i mean he would obviously kick him out uh, um but you would have depth at the position and greg wilson would be a fantastic piece to help josh allen grow that much further when it comes to the redskins uh kind of similar in that sense he would give you a a, a massive uh fill for a massive need uh lord knows what's going to happen to jordan reed um after the off season into the season, I mean, his concussion problems, I, I believe, will end his career. I don't think he'll he'll one more hit and he's he's KO. And and, and you gotta at some point, uh, the medical staff of all these teams, especially the Redskins, have to step in and say, uh, when is enough enough um, for fu- for future damage to his brain? Um, CTE, obviously, the the main problem there. But when it comes to the Redskins, it is a, it is a good. Um, idea for Olsen to go there simply because now you have the question marks with Jordan Reed uh, uh, Vernon Davis announced his retirement so there is a massive need there as well Olsen obviously he can still block with the best of him obviously the speed is not there anymore but he still has capable hands and he can be a red zone target so I still like uh Greg Olsen's game and I think he could help him out as for the Seahawks if he goes to Seattle I think he'll be more of a secondary piece uh, more of a depth because Will Disley I mean let's not kid ourselves he would. Was- He was ramping up and picking up steam. He looked like a tight end one um, that Russell Wilson could get on tune and on board with for an entire season if he could stay out of the medical room. He's coming off that torn Achilles. So if he goes to Seattle, I think that that helps the Hawks. not only from their offensive line troubles, but now it gives you multiple tight end options, which we are seeing a lot of teams um, start to go to, uh, copying each other, um, having the dual tight end threats who can also block and catch. Um, that way you really don't know, are you running or are you passing? It's, it's, uh, we're seeing a lot of teams do this now, and it's a good formula to have. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, as a Bills fan, I, I wouldn't hate Uh, Greg Olson going to Bill's Mafia whatsoever I think it would be a great sign for that club so when it comes to the next one that we saw that was interesting was Derrick Henry's contract and that is him suggesting that the floor is Zeke Elliott's contract this was interesting to me and it's not that I hate the comment that the floor is what Zeke got because he's earned it I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Derrick Henry, he came out to play in his contract season, and he lit it up. He lit it up in the playoffs to prove that he is one of the most difficult running backs in in the NFL to stop, especially when you get into the fourth quarter where Henry just unloads on you, and these defenders don't want to be hit anymore. But are we really gonna start discussing six years 90 million and 50 million guaranteed for derrick henry is this what we're discussing because i was you know what okay i ate my words i i i gave derrick henry a lot of flack uh early on in the season and i mean rightfully so anybody jumped on the same same train that i did and i i wasn't convinced only because for players like derrick henry it seems That when he wants to turn on the switch, he looks like absolute elite um but when he doesn't turn on that switch he is very vanilla and we've seen this so nobody can sit here and tell me that I'm wrong the tape is there uh yes lack of touches does that contribute to Henry he's a volume runner absolutely uh coach Vrabel definitely changed that aspect of his game this uh and the scheme of the offense this year he said give Henry the touches and this is what happened you saw 200 yards how many times um but when we're talking about that kind of money, and everyone will argue it, this is a passing league, you can find running backs in any round of the draft, blah, 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 right? That is the main argument. Look at the Super Bowl. You had running backs that weren't drafted in the first round. Don't make big dollars. Damian Williams, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, not making big, big dollars. And both teams are in a Super Bowl. So, I mean, for me personally... I truly believe there is multiple ways to build a club. You don't necessarily just have to be this passing team, and the Titans definitely prove that. Ryan Tannehill is not an elite quarterback. I am still a fan of Ryan Tannehill when he is in the correct system, when he is allowed to do what he does well. When you pigeonhole quarterbacks like Ryan Tannehill, you see what happened in Miami. Don't ask too much of him. He is a 4,000-yard passer, so the pass game will be there. But I truly believe that Derrick Henry was a monster reason why Ryan Tannehill's career was recovered in Tennessee. There's no question about it. You have the play-action pass. Ryan Tannehill is extremely capable throwing off that play-action pass. And he will be again. But here's the key. Because Ryan Tannehill is also a free agent. Do you lock up both men? And if you lock up Ryan Tannehill, what are you locking him up at what price? So if you're spending six years at $90 million with 50 guaranteed going to Henry, what are you spending on Ryan Tannehill to keep his services in Tennessee? That will be one that I will be watching very closely because for me, Derrick Henry can succeed without Ryan Tannehill, no question. Can Ryan Tannehill succeed without Derrick Henry? I truly question it. Um, So it's very interesting. The argument will be had all the way up to free agency. Um, Is Henry worth the money? Um, Is he Zeke Elliott? And this is where I'll say no. I'll still continue to say no. Is he Ezekiel Elliott worth that money? I will still say no. Um, Do I like and have I uh lifted my appreciation for derrick henry and what he can do absolutely um i'm not a derrick henry hater as i was uh last season and coming into this year but when you're talking that type of money locked in you really set your team up for disaster especially if it's a player like henry who has that switch where he turns it on and off so enough of that i mean we'll see Uh, this it'll be a very interesting conversation so the other one that we saw, there was two quarterbacks um, on the on the news headlines that were trending. One of them was Tom Brady, and this was interesting to me because we don't know. I mean, are we speculating more? Uh, yes, because I, do we believe that Tom Brady is going to leave New England? I, I I just severely doubt it. He why would why at this point of his career would he leave uh, the team that he's been with his entire career? Um, I find it extremely difficult. The only team, and, and I saw this debate happen with some colleagues as well. Um, uh, could he go to a team that is like legit on the cusp? of winning that Super Bowl, a.k.a. the San Francisco 49ers. He was a Joe Montana fan. I mean, uh, could he want to take that team uh, to the Super Bowl uh, replace Jimmy Garoppolo? A lot of people are saying you're crazy to suggest that Jimmy Garoppolo will be cut. But then I even saw other tweets come out, and I had to do my research, and I checked it out. Jimmy Garoppolo's contract year, the way that the San Francisco 49ers had set it up, Yes, he still has three more years on his deal, but it is extremely cap-friendly. If the 49ers choose, they can choose to look around for another quarterback. If they truly believe, all speculation, I mean, I'm not saying this is truth, but if they truly believe that they are Tom Brady away from beating the Kansas City Chiefs and they offer him money, they will have it if they release Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo will be cut hypothetically. He'll be cut, and the, and the 49ers will only owe $4.2 million. They will save $60 million. So they will have money on the books. And the way that Jimmy played in the playoffs, granted, scheme was there. I mean, Kyle Shanahan used the run game, so you can't fault Jimmy for that. Um, but some of the throws some of the decision making by Garoppolo uh, is definitely in question Um, is he a great quarterback we don't know Um, I'm still I'm still holding the right to uh, to judge that I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback don't get me wrong I think he has a lot of good traits um, and he showed it I mean the New Orleans Saints game we discussed this how many times go back and watch that game Jimmy played uh, lights out you know he threw four touchdown passes against the Arizona Cardinals granted uh, weaker defense, but still, you have to do these things against any team in the NFL to show that you are a, a, a great quarterback. I believe Jimmy is is on the cusp uh, of anywhere from from being good to great. Um, a few th- in, uh, inadequacies he needs to change within his game, and I, and I think that you will see the the, the switch flip in that regard. Um, but the interesting thing was Tom Brady also said um uh, it is more about New England. It's not about the money because New England's already saying that they will offer him upwards of thirty million dollars to come back for the for next season. And Brady has already stated it's not about the money. Um, it's about the weapons that are built around me, and I believe him because I mean, look at his time in New England. Has he ever been paid like a top-tier quarterback outside of maybe one or two years? No. I mean, he's always taken the hometown discount for the Patriots, and and why would this be any different? I mean, he has a he has a legit argument that this season just didn't pan out because he just didn't have the weapons. The chemistry wasn't there. The players he had didn't meet uh, the requirements that he sets as his standard and and it's an interesting topic and it's going to be very intriguing to see where Tom Brady goes. But don't don't edge out the San Francisco 49ers. That one has a couple ties and I would be uh, very curious to see him go there. The other quarterback that we saw that will be making headlines this off season is Dak Prescott. So the Cowboys have been on record have struggles Uh, reaching a number that is uh, equal for both sides to be happy with. And I knew this was going to happen. A lot of people, okay, we see the stats that uh, Dak Prescott has been putting up. This season was one of his better years. I just, see, if Jerry Jones, this is the thing, if Jerry Jones believed that Dak Prescott was that true elite quarterback, he would not hesitate to pay the man. He paid Zeke. He hesitated on Zeke only because Zeke is the running back. He would never hesitate on a quarterback who is as young as Dak Prescott is, if he had uh, the belief that this would be a marriage for ten years, uh, with the potential of even one or two Super Bowls. Jerry Jones would be writing his writing the check, blank check, right now. Sign it, Dak. You can have it, and 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 let's go off to the races to practice. Right. That's that's what it would be. Um, but the fact remains is that if they're going to go into the uh, franchise tag for Dak Prescott, he has suggested that he may hold out. I mean, that's his only leverage um, to get his long-term deal. Obviously, he's going to say that. Um, do I believe Dak is going to hold out? I don't. I think it, it, if they pull the franchise tag on him, it sucks for Dak, but he's going to earn that $20 million plus dollars on the first-year tag for quarterback average money. Uh, I don't know what it'll be. The legal come out with that soon uh, as they, they change the averages every year based on salaries, Um, I think he'll play on the tag and then he'll try to prove it once again and say, um, if you don't pay me after another good season, I'm out, I'm leaving. But again, they can tag him again for a second year. So uh, it's a tough situation for Dak Prescott, but like I said, if, if, if Jerry Jones and company truly believed... Um, And the the other caveat is Mike McCarthy. Does he believe that Dak Prescott is his quarterback? So a lot of new dynamics. Um, It was very interesting to see Garrett get fired on the same year that uh, Dak Prescott has his contract up for renewal. So very interesting stuff in that regard as well. And then the last one I saw that was kind of ridiculous and I had an opinion on was the Jags um, now going to be playing two games in London, two home games in London. What kind of disrespect is that to the Jacksonville Jaguars fans who have supported this club um, and seeing it being run with complete uh, buffoonery? Uh, What else can you say? This is ridiculous. You are removing more home games from your hometown, but this is a clear evidence to me that the whole intention is to move the Jaguars to London one day. Um, Khan, Shad Khan, the owner of the team, he has uh, clear ties to the to the London area, so I mean, it's only natural to put two and two together and believe that this is where the NFL is going. The NFL has already said they want a team. Uh, in London, how, and the only issue has always been the logistics, so now they're trying the logistics out with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They will not leave London. They will play one game, and they'll play a second game. So this is, I believe, how the NFL is saying uh, the logistical issue is going to be tested. Um, and don't be surprised if within uh, the next, I don't even know, maybe five years, you see the Jaguars relocate to England Um, It wouldn't surprise me one bit at all. So anyway, let's move right along to what everybody witnessed on Sunday, Super Bowl 54, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So coming into the contest, the the Kansas City Chiefs were favored one and a half uh, by Vegas. Um, I took the spread. uh, For for Kansas City to cover, simply because if you read the article on All Day Football, uh, it was basically a point spread game preview um, piece. Um, But my rationale on the whole contest was, yes, did I love the, the 49ers defense and what they were able to do with that front seven? Absolutely. I just my mouth waters every time I watch these dudes play. They're just so damn good that that you can't take your eye off it. I mean, when you watch this game, Joey Bosa was a machine. He was an animal. He you saw him basically going full bore on every play. And this is why my my gut was telling me, you know, uh uh choose the 49ers to win this contest because it, it's 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 going to be a defense wins championships. However, I couldn't get it out of my head with reasonable logic to say that Patrick Mahomes is something special. Something that if fans, young fans right now watching the game, um, keep a close eye. And don't forget what you're watching because Patrick Mahomes has everything lined up for him to be uh one of the best to ever play without question i'm not anointing him right now one of the best he's only 24 years old um uh, or 23 i believe 24 um but i am not anointing him but this is this is how it starts uh uh fans of football who who are witnessing something magical happen um uh, uh to win a super bowl at that age Um, to take his team back the way he did. So obviously everyone watched the game. Let's jump right into what had happened. So the 49ers, they basically, the first quarter was kind of up and down. The 49ers looked to be dominating a little bit, and then Kansas City uh, 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 came back with a Patrick Mahomes touchdown run with a good drive down the field. And Kansas City looked very strong at that point as they added another field goal in the second quarter. But this is what happened with the 49ers. Something changed after that field goal where where their entire game plan defensively altered and they started playing a lot better offensively. Kyle Shanahan's play calling was superb. Debo Samuel got into the mix. The run game was working. You know, we had their first touchdown by the Niners, by the Kyle Juszczyk. Just a beautiful play, uh, play call, play scheme, and then a pass by Jimmy Garoppolo to, to Juszczyk, who who made an absolute extreme effort to jump into that end zone. was absolutely beautiful. And then Robbie Gold, in the third quarter, he did tack on another field goal, Thank <laughs> you. And on top of that, Raheem Mostert, he gets into the end zone after another good drive. So the 49ers were up in this contest going into the fourth quarter. They were up 20-10. to 10, And you could see everything that my gut was telling me. This was it. This was the game. They have a 10-point lead. There's no way this defense is going to let up and, and and allow Patrick Mahomes who looked, uh, who threw two interceptions at that point as well. He looked like he was uneasy in the pocket, and he was. Bosa was all over the place. He couldn't find his open receivers. Tyreek Hill, he had... Uh it was it was not only Tyreek Hill, but it was also Travis Kelsey. They were doing some odd things when they were when they were catching the ball. It was almost like they didn't want to go forward. And I, I believe it was like two or three times where the first down was right there at their at their shoestrings and, and they turned to spin or they turned to make another play and they lost momentum and lost yardage. I mean, it, it was very peculiar. Even though Tyreek Hill did have nine receptions, 105 yards, it was a very weird 105 yard. Um, he didn't seem like he was involved in the game plan uh, that would make you feel like he took the game over the 144 yard toss in the fourth quarter is what got them back in this game and changed all momentum for the Kansas City Chiefs so in the fourth quarter this is what happened you all saw it you all know Patrick Mahomes' time came to play. That 44 yard bomb to Tyreek Hill got the touchdown to Travis Kelsey. They got back in this contest. Now it's 20 to 17. Damian Williams, he took the top off with 244 left in the contest to give the Chiefs the lead. And then for good measure, Damian Williams breaks a 38 yard run. Um, to finish it off to make the score 31 to 20 in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. So the game was very interesting all in all. I really felt that Sammy Watkins was going to have a big day only because of how good the 49ers defense is. I really felt like they needed somebody else to step up, step up and Sammy Watkins really did that. He caught 5 balls for 98 yards. He was superb. I mean, this was the Sammy Watkins that I've been preaching since he he came out of Clemson, since the Buffalo Bills drafted him. I I took a lot of heat saying that he was uh the best and he still has a lot of the best uh, uh, talent, uh, uh, of the class, I mean, I get it, Odell Beckham, uh, Mike Evans, but he is up there for ability and talent, I mean, speed, route running, agility, his hands were great coming out of college, his issue was injuries always, and then now he had a dropping problem his last couple years uh, uh, in the league, so, I mean, the whole body of work has never come together for Sammy Watkins, but on Super Bowl Sunday, he came out and he made, made things happen, he was an absolute X-factor for this Chiefs team, which allowed them to win this game so a couple things um uh, also that i wanted to discuss that i found to be peculiar kyle shanahan so i feel bad for the man um but he's an obvious now we can we can start to say uh, does he have a problem closing out contests so when you're up 20 to 10 i believe there was about five minutes 30 some seconds left on the clock you had the ball first and 10 um, this is your opportunity no matter what the timeouts the Kansas City Chiefs have. You need to run the clock. You have a 10-point lead. That's two possessions in five minutes. Five minutes left in this ball game. I don't understand why are you passing. You have one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. You have Raheem Mostert, who is an absolute beast this season in your scheme. Tevin Coleman was running fairly well. I mean, if you didn't like that, put Matt Breida in the game. See what he can do. I really, again, it was exactly like the Atlanta Falcons lost to the New England Patriots in that massive comeback. No different. You got too cute. You thought that you would outcoach Andy Reid by throwing the ball to confuse. Not going to happen. Uh, grave, grave error once again. Gave the ball back to the Chiefs, and and that's when they scored their 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 uh, first touchdown there to make it twenty to seventeen. Um, you gave all momentum back to Patrick Mahomes. That was it. And you knew the tide was turning as soon as they got in the end zone, and made it twenty to seventeen, because now Andy Reid and company and the defensive coordinator knew that you needed to run the clock you had ample opportunity and again you're throwing the ball i get it it was going uh, i can't remember what oh no maybe the one pass was um uh, that deep shot that jimmy garoppolo missed and a lot of people want to say it was to manuel sanders um I, i believe that was the first time before uh we saw kelsey get the the 20 to 17 touchdown um people want to put a lot on that that throw to me that's a desperation play um, for the 49ers I believe that was third down uh, and you're going for it or, or I, I just I didn't like the sequence whatsoever I might be wrong on the downs um, but I just didn't like the sequence at all um, if he makes the throw it's a touchdown no no question um, but at that point that's a 5050 ball that's over that's over 40 yard toss Um to Emmanuel Sanders in double coverage, yes, he had a step. But still, I just didn't like what was going on. I didn't like the plays that were being called. Yes, play it a little conservative. What's wrong with that? You have five minutes. At least you're going to burn some clock. Now, all of a sudden, when you have Patrick Mahomes get the ball back, even if, say, you get one first down, they burn uh, one timeout, which they wouldn't have because they had the three timeouts and the two-minute warning. Even if you burned one minute off that clock, you gave, the, gave Mahomes back the ball with uh, uh, nearly uh, four minutes, just under four minutes left in the game. You have now made it more difficult uh, for Mahomes and company to navigate the field and do what they did. You 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 completely changed the entire dynamic within those last five minutes with your with your play calling. And even when they got the ball back at twenty to seventeen, like I said, it was it was game over. You could see it. There was nothing that the Chiefs uh, couldn't do wrong. Um, Tyron Matthew was a was a beast. Frank Clark was an absolute animal. Um, Chris Jones was all over the field. So. Kyle Shanahan, I feel for you. I mean, that was the biggest debate. Um, Kyle Shanahan does it again, but you have to understand exactly what he was doing wrong, and that's exactly how I saw it. I mean, uh, if you're not sticking to your game plan, you do this all season long. You've done it throughout the playoffs, the whole way through. Run the ball. What are you doing? I just, I couldn't understand how you can outcoach yourself that badly. Um, To, again, cost you another championship. So feel bad for him because I still truly believe Kyle Shanahan is one of the brightest offensive minds in the league. I think he has overtaken uh, Sean McVay um, uh, for his genius. Uh, Sean McVay still is up there, no question about it. But I think when you put the whole package together, I do believe Kyle Shanahan is... Um, the full the full deal um, he just really needs to understand how to close a game in the most important time so uh, tough one on that one so go on to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions for the first time in 50 years congratulations Andy Reid finally getting his first Super Bowl Lombardi trophy I was I was rooting for him I, I'll be honest I mean I think a lot of people were it was it was good to see um, uh, you got Patrick Mahomes winning MVP as well I mean, who else could you really have put? I mean, Damian Williams, sure, he had the chance, but um, you're going to give it to the quarterback. So he wins MVP, um, and his career is just taken flight. So, I mean, the Chiefs, they will have some decisions to make come the offseason. I've heard Sammy Watkins is debating his future. He may take a year off. Uh, he's been asked to take a pay cut. I believe his cap hit is $21 million. Obviously, you get rid of that, and, and the Chiefs have uh, room to move around uh, the salary cap, and, and they can add more pieces. But, I mean, when you think about what's coming in the draft there are some good running backs if Kansas City finds another running back who could be an RB1 for this offense good lord we can see this team uh, this could be the start of a new dynasty um, to come I mean uh, like I said barring health issues Patrick Mahomes and this offense is is loaded, and and you can't even if Sammy Watkins leaves. Um, Andy Reid has found receivers throughout his career. There's no question that he's gonna he's gonna restack the cupboards and, and find uh, new talent, and uh, either off the free agent market at a at a uh, bargain price, or he's gonna go shopping in the NFL draft and he's gonna find someone to turn him out. So um, I, I really like what this Chiefs team has. They they have a lot to work with, and and congratulations once again. It was an absolutely great game finished absolutely phenomenally uh it was fantastic so that's it for the season i mean what else can we say uh xfl is coming i mean snooze or happy we'll see what happens with that um, uh, but when it comes to the offseason, get ready. This is where the work, this is where we put in all the work. So we will be releasing lots of articles on All Day Football. Stay tuned for that. We break down every team. Uh, we start breaking down the rookies, the NFL draft, uh, scouting combine. We will do it all. So so stay tuned for that. Get get the read on. Uh, lots of good content on All Day Football, as always. Uh, really appreciate the, the readership. Thank you for that. We'll always say that. But this is the offseason this is where we put in all the work this is where you will get prepared for next year's fantasy football drafts uh, for the season we will again be doing the adf playbook if none of you are aware uh, that's our fantasy football guide that will come out uh sometime early uh summer late spring so so stay tuned for that as well thing is chock full of information uh gonna keep you ready for the fantasy football season Um, lots of good stuff coming along so stay tuned uh with the podcast we'll always be here all off season we may uh miss a week or two depending on content but you never know you know once a week i like it i I like being here with you guys hopefully you like listening the numbers are showing very well so thank you all for tuning in and that's it man nfl 100 the season is concluded we will have everything coming so on that note Thank you all for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. The show is obviously on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and wherever you find your shows. So until next week, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.